We are just winging it, folks. I'm John Abdullah. I'm Patrick Green, last time I checked. Which I don't think we've introduced today. ourselves like all season at this point. We just assume that you've already heard us. They probably haven't. We assume that if this is your first time, you've gone all the way to the beginning and listened to every episode in order. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that? Like finding this random ass dad's podcast, a hundred and what? How many episodes? This is 130 I mean, if they don't want any spoiler alerts about our family's, you know, life and, and the chapters of our, our, our journey, I guess, um, then they should start from the beginning, right? There's some real all minefields 100... of spoilers in there for people, <laughs> you know? We're, this is episode 131. Yeah, one thirty-one. Yeah, we've had that That's many wild, conversations. It is kind of wild, isn't it? That's wild. Yeah, it's the, the numbers are so they've adjusted a little bit, but they were inflated for a while by the fact that we needed like every three days to just like touch base so we didn't <laughs> die during COVID. Remember in the early days where we were like, yes. let's switch to weekly. Uh, but then you know we've had a couple of medical malfunctions happen over the last six months and things, so we've missed a couple. So I feel like we, we're kind of back to our average biweekly release at this point but 131 episodes is uh is not an insignificant amount of time to spend talking about random shit with I friends mean, on the air right right put it this way think about this and this is for all of you listening not just for you patrick i'm not gonna think about it <laughs> think about the number of people in your life who you've had 130 or let's say over 100 like hour-long conversations with i mean that's at least for me, you're you're a lot more popular than I am, Patrick. Uh, no, I'm, I I might talk more to people <laughs> in general who don't ask for it, though. That's the thing, you know, unsolicited. I mean, that's I I don't know. I don't know how many people you'd be up there for me, Patrick. Yeah, and it's amazing considering how much of this has been living significantly farther apart because it's like before this our conversations weren't limited only really to the podcast because we saw each other at work every day so we like you know we would talk there the mm-hmm. <laughs> just constantly hugging uh fondling but <laughs> since uh you know i mean now like half of this show right has been during the pandemic and we i mean we haven't we've barely seen Shit. each other since then a couple That's of true. isolated times but it's uh, all the more impressive and kind of frightening to think that you know <laughs> yes both of those things i agree yeah. So here we are for another one. How are you doing? I'm doing great, John. I, I great. know you, you you're you're getting back from a pretty intense few days, and so I'm going to set the stage for that for you. But I want to say, I was not not intense during this same time period. So we uh, the the newest you know craze in the green household is camping because ah. I you know so I, I don't know if you've seen these tents, but they make tents that can fit directly to your jeep. And you can like take go out do. in the woods and I've you can not, just like pop a awesome. tent out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty awesome. And I was like, you know what? Uh, the weather's nice. It's Memorial Day weekend. Micah had to work. So I was like, I, I want something to do with the kids that the three of us can kind of like, you know, just to have fun with. And I found like a used Jeep tent, you know, and I was like, you know what? Let's just let's just go for it. So we had this mo- like just daytime camping trip to kind of test it out in uh, as a dry run for a real camping trip this weekend that Micah is going to be able to join for. And we figured, you know, we get the hang of the equipment. So uh, so I, I told my parents about this because I knew that they had been into camping before I came along and destroyed everything as a baby. 
And they were like, you know, we have all this like equipment that we bought in like 1982 <laughs> that we only used once. Do you want some? And so I was like, yeah. And it turns out they have a whole attic full of like vintage. Col- I mean, it's unfortunately is vintage at this point, vintage. but like Coleman stoves and like really nice camping gear. So I got all of it pristine and we took it all to the state park, brought Luna along the dog and, uh, in the process of bringing her along, I was like, I know that it's already going to be a lot because we were going to be cooking and doing all this stuff. And I was going to be the only parent with and you know, two kids running around. And this is for one overnight. Is that right? Or just no, during this is the daytime. Day. This is just for, okay. the, for the day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, but we were going to be fishing and I had all this other stuff. So so I knew that it was already going to be kind of a challenge. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I could leave Luna at home and like, I would feel kind of bad because I know she would love it, but it would be a lot easier. And then I was like, what would Patrick Green do? <laughs> right? And I was like, what would I do? Of course I would bring the dog and it would be a shit show. But like I'm reclaiming who I used to be before everything got all difficult and sad. And so I brought her and uh, yeah, it was more chaotic because of that. But we, you but know, like, we grilled. If you have a dog, I feel like, I mean, camping is made for dogs. Like you have to bring. That's the thing. You right? have to, right? Yeah, Just like yeah, if yeah, you have yeah. a Jeep, you have to buy a tent for it. You know, That's true. I imagine that does come as mandatory with a Jeep. Yeah. You actually have to sign off on that to get the loan to buy I mean, I just Jeep. imagine anyone who ever buys a Jeep, you immediately just have to be driving off road everywhere. Yeah. Um, you got to throw the doors right off. Yeah, definitely. It just comes with the territory. It does. Yeah. That's fair. Uh so that's what I have been doing is we've been driving off road with the doors off. So this camping trip was absolutely wonderful. You know, I, I did burn myself, but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't anything I couldn't get over within a couple of days. That's good. Um, with the, and with we your made vintage hot dogs. propane uh, <laughs> Yes, stove. with the old propane stove. Um, you know, we made hot dogs. We did a little bit of fishing. We had a good time. So this weekend. That sounds awesome. We're gonna so, be going so the dry to like run was real, successful. It was successful. Yeah, it was just, you know, a lot. It was also really hot on Memorial oh, Day. right, right. It was like yeah. 100 degrees. So yeah. that was uh, an extra challenge. But we stayed cool. You know, when it got hot, we did a little swimming. We met up with some cousins there. We, you know, called them and everybody kind of joined up. And uh, so that was great. And that sounds uh, this pretty weekend, idyllic. Yeah, it does. This weekend, we're going to go to an actual like campsite campsite for all of Saturday after soccer into Sunday all and right. do a first overnight with this uh, tent setup, and I'm like, I'm feeling pretty excited about it. Knowing your full assed ways, that me- that means that you found some like intense remote thing, you know, area where there's no cell phone service or any humanity, you know, within a few hours. Is that right? I, I did a, a mapping exercise where I looked for the most bear attacks per capita. <laughs> and I was like, no, we got it's it's like a it's a it's a sanctioned campground. It's like part of okay. this hip hip camp. I'm network. glad. You're doing that, yeah. It is. But I did, not to brag, choose the farthest campsite from the main building. So we're an extra 20 feet closer to the actual wilderness. very much look forward to hearing about it. I also, for multiple reasons, I mean, obviously, I'm sure there will be amazing stories from that experience. But also, you know, I, Bethany and I were also campers. She, She brought me into it. She was always, as a kid, you know, did at least yearly Vermont campground kind of, um, uh, trips over the summer tent tent camping full tent yep the real the full ass tent. now yeah. you know these were campsites that did have you had access to running water and showers if you know not like on the site on the campsite but within the grounds right you could still go and take a shower and such um, but they would do like a whole you know whole weeks at a time um, and so that was entirely new for me but i weeks at a time just like a week at a time yeah that's, a, that's a long time to be in a tent 
It is. It really That's is. a lot. Yeah. But I, so, so when we started dating, you know, even before we were married. 1986. I, I, yeah, that's right. I joined her for these and they became then our annual thing, you know, that we did with some of her friends too or family. And man, I mean, it's just amazing to be able to disconnect now. I, ma- I imagine that would be all the more um, important to just disconnect and have that experience where you're just in nature fully, you know, I mean, so I'm, I'm very excited to do that again with kids. You know, we haven't felt like they've hit the right age quite yet, but I can see, you know, with your kids, I think that would be like spot on to start then. And, and that's going to be like a thing for them, right? That, you know, if, assuming all goes well, and you don't get eaten by bears. Yeah. I mean, there could be bear attacks. Let's yeah. not jinx it. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely need to do a camping uh, episode in the future. We should do a camping episode. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I want to do a quick shout out and then give you one more update before I turn it over to you. Which is uh, to to Greg and Ben, who are two of my best childhood friends. Greg of Greg and Meg. I was know, just gonna say, not fame. Greg and Meg. Okay, yeah. it's that Greg. Yeah, uh, we got to go on this really long hike. Speaking of nature, this last weekend, because Ben, who has been living in Hong Kong, is kind of stuck here for a little bit because of COVID regulations changing. Uh, so it means that the three of us are getting to like hang out and do some nature stuff, and it was like the feeling of being with people you care about deep in the woods, just having nothing to do but talk. Is Ugh, a feeling a that gift. I think we all need need more of, you know. So I was super I excited know. about that. Absolutely, that's awesome. Um, and my last update is: this is one of those fucking weeks where, <laughs> like, one thing goes wrong in the house, and then all of a sudden everything. You ever have a week like that? I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've talked <laughs> about it on this show before. So this 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 started off with something pretty simple. Okay, we had a. There's one of our kitchen drawers. Draw, I can't ever say Dra- drawer. drawers, drawer, drawers, drawer, 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 like jowls, drawers, drawer, drawers. <laughs> the drawer had a drawer, um, a drawer full of drawers. Drawer, anyway, drawer, 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 water, <laughs> kitchen drawer. Wow, it sounds weird when I say it. Now. Kitchen drawer, whatever. The, one of the things that you pull out in the kitchen. Uh, Is there the another word? It. Is there a synonym for drawer? I think it's just draw. I think it's just drawer. But they should fucking make it so you can say it. Drawer. They should they should remake drawer. that word, or there should just be a synonym or an abbreviation or something. A drawer. Anyway, <laughs> what, whatever the fuck it is, uh, you know, Micah was pulling on it and the front came off. Right, so it's like the a pretty minor cosmetic it. thing. Yeah, but it was like it was still a it was still an intact drawer, but the <laughs> the like the the frontest piece of it just came came undone. The frontest, and yes. Uh-huh. It should have been an, a pretty easy thing to repair, right? Because it's not like structural. I don't know, man. Cabinets—they're like another thing, another beast. Of, I don't. I don't understand how cabinets work. Well, you think how complicated could it be? And then some. One of them breaks, and you're like, "Oh my god, I need a doctorate to fucking figure this out." A doctorate in cabinetry. It's all just glue, right? So uh, that makes it immediately more difficult than if it were just like nails and screws or something. Yeah. Well, this wasn't glued. This was. This was actually clearly. This was, screwed in with what looked like machine screws in oh, okay. wood which is not the best way to fat so whoever put this together clearly had no idea what they were doing um but you know so i i repaired it as best i could until it fell out and like fell on our toes again and now it's it's literally just duct taped before i can figure out how to get this <laughs> thing to work yeah um but you, you know i thought that was like on it anyway you could just you know you could just reach <laughs> in and get stuff i mean why yeah, the it looks front great. is just cosmetic anyway <laughs> yeah, looks looks real professional. <laughs> but it was one of those it's like the canary in the coal mine. You know, it's like something went wrong and now yeah. like the system was off. Immediately it's like this week's gonna suck. 
right? Yeah. As soon as that happens. You just feel it, you know? Oh, it's definitely. Like, it's like when you're pulling open the medicine cabinet and like it just shifts on the wall and it comes off the anchor and you're like, oh, I mean, man, if we up. learned anything from Encanto, I mean, I think it's the house knows what's up. You know what I mean? The house like, does. Maybe the house is jealous that we're camping. The house is trying to tell you something. That much is for sure. The house is like, I am the shelter here. Yeah. You know, and the camping tent is like, I'm the captain now. Basically, <laughs> I think that's what's happening. So anyway, the tent and the house are having a fight. So this this shelf thing, the drawer came undone. And uh, then the next morning, the, okay, so this isn't really like a curse. This is because I'm a moron. But I've been waiting to get our fuel refilled, our oil refilled. Okay. Because the price of oil has been oh, it's so skyrocketed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I keep waiting for like just a little bit of relief and like to book the, uh, you know, the, the delivery that day. Sure. And it just has not been getting there. So I was like, okay, I know this week. It's like right above empty. Obviously, I have to do it. Anyway, turns out the gauge was slightly off and it actually did run out of oil. Oh, shit. So in the process of that happening, the pilot light went out. Mm-hmm. So that should be a pretty simple thing, right? You just like press the reigniter you know, on the electronic ignition thing. Uh, clearly, I know a lot about this. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it reignites the pilot light, which then draws fuel from the fuel tank once it's filled. So I had the fuel delivered, which was an a tr- fucking crime against humanity because I, it was yeah, so I much money. Imagine. Right. And uh, so I'm kind of reeling from that, plus the drawer. I was, you know, kind of a little traumatized. And then I like go to hit the ignition thing for the pilot light, and it's like, and I'm like, oh shit. So I do it again. It's like, I'm like, okay, now I got to go on YouTube. I go on YouTube and they're like, you hold it down for blah, blah, blah. what I was doing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to like trust myself. Hold it down again. Are you sure that this is a... Uh, a furnace and not a lightsaber that you've been trying to ignite this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing wrong. Uh, so I'm looking at this YouTube video and I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then I, I go to the first comment and it says, this is really important. If you're not a professional and you're watching this video, if you do this a fourth time, it will explode. And no you will have to get an way. entire new system. A fourth time. <laughs> yeah. Like it's literally dangerous. Because you're priming the air, the pump for this thing with fuel in the <laughs> chamber, right? Um, and, I, and I'm, I'm sitting there like, don't press the button, made a funny noise. So you've already, this is like a situation where you've tried to unlock your computer or phone three times yes. already, and it's about to fucking get locked out. But I mean, right. the stakes are a little bit bigger because you literally could blow up your house. But yes. yeah, like it would explode. And so I, <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to stop doing this and call somebody. The service guy comes. And he's like, man, how many times did you press this thing? I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. I was going to say, I fucking hope you told it. Because imagine if you don't tell the guy, right? You've already done it three times. You're allotted time, (laughs) I know. I think it's going to blow up the house. So he just goes in. You haven't said anything. And he just fucking does it. And, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So I saved him that. And he was like, what happened? I was like, well, it was kind of like. He's like, no, you don't have to make sounds. You can just just tell me. Anyway, so he like siphons out the air that had gotten into the fuel line from when the fuel ran out, which was something that took <laughs> with his butthole. It took him maybe maybe 10 seconds to do this. And he was like, oh, it's going to be five hundred dollars for the service call. I'm like, oh, oh my man. God. And then I'm like, well, at least nothing else can go Doesn't wrong. That all suck? of a sudden. Yeah, it does suck. And when, then all when of a sudden it's something that you should just be able to do. Right. And then you have to fucking pay somebody to come and do something that took 10 seconds and cost five. That's the bucks. thing. But it, but it, had I done it myself, I might have also lit myself on That's fire. That's true. So, yep, you know, fair. Okay, it so was, then what? It was a 10-second thing. So then the door... This is like within minutes of the hot water system going out. The door knocks... Well, somebody knocks on the door. The, at this point, the house is fully alive. So who knows? The door could That's be knocking true. itself. 
and uh, it's this radon company, and they're like, it's come to our attention. I don't know where what accent they had. It was like, I've never seen these people. And he's wearing a Tyvek suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from Stranger Things. <laughs> he's like, it's come to our attention that your fan you need to be replaced. And I'm like, Who first the hell off, are I want to pause for a second yeah. and say that impression was way more accurate than I thought it was. That's actually exact. Mike is going to know this, but you guys have said that was exactly what he said. I mean, I'm like. impressed. I haven't even heard the guy, and I, I believed you. Yeah, it was crazy. He also looked exactly like her ex-boyfriend from wow. college. And I was like, is this like some kind of like weird catfishing? Anyway, um, so he's like, we need to replace your fan. It's from 1998. It's going to die any minute now. And I'm like, well, I, I know as, as little as I know about electronic ignition systems for hot water, I know less about radon ventilation systems. Like this is something where I just I know that it's there in the house somewhere and it passed inspection, you know. Right, 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 right. But like, I can't, I'm not going to like take How did this guy apart. even get the tip off that it needed to be replaced? Well, so I asked him that. I was like, how did you know to come? And he's like, you're fat. It needs to be replaced. <laughs> I'm like, no, but like, did it, did it send you a signal? And he's like, no, it just came. I had to replace your fan. <laughs> I never got an answer. And neither did Micah. We asked him this like oh, you're, six different so you're ways. you're tracked. Yeah, definitely. Well, what I think it is, is I think and this makes sense, that they probably have a schedule where they come to check on it every two years because that's like uh, the recommended service life for these components. Sure, sure, sure. So I felt like Sherlock Holmes when, you know, we put that together. I was like, and this means... Anyway, <laughs> so he comes in and he's like, well, we're going to need to replace the entire system. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, actually, we can just do a new fan. <laughs> so we did a new fan, but it's another $500 that like I wasn't uh. anticipating. And, you know, it was one of those weeks. So now I'm just like not touching anything. I'm like staying away from anything that could fall. You might not want to um, go camping. I'm going to tell you that right now because you're going to come back. Yeah. And the house is just it's not even going to let you in. It's going to take gonna be, it out on us. It will have already put itself on the market and sold. So you're just going to get home and there'll be a whole new family living there. <laughs> the house is going to be like smirking at us from the driveway. <laughs> a fucking asshole. Anyway, John. Tell me about your weekend. I mean, the, the nature trip sounds glorious because my weekend involved what y'all have heard about if you're longtime listeners, which again, we assume everyone is, um, is, uh, you know, somewhat of a tradition now, which is a trip to Sesame Place in Pennsylvania um, with Bethany and her family. We hadn't done this since before the pandemic. Um, I, I, I had thought and, and maybe even hoped that we may not ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but you know i was coming back around to the idea that luke never really got to experience it even grace the last time we went was only like two years old i think and, and correct me if i'm wrong but i think the last time you went grace what she wandered off to some like restaurant down the street what didn't something happen with that where like you like lost sight of her for a minute and she turned up like in a restaurant we actually never found her they just sesame place has like a, they gave us another child yeah and we just they have one sock yeah right 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 no was there something where she wandered off or something what there's nothing something, something happened last nothing time remotely there. like that no i'm not I, no? I have no idea what you're talking about that's just my ass talking <laughs> no that didn't happen but uh you know so it felt like all right i guess we're due um you know we hadn't really done much of a vacation i guess last summer we did do a couple where we went um up north and um, went, you know, to a cabin, not camping, but we did do some good sort of nature kind of things. And so, you know, it was a big deal. We had a vacation planned for Memorial Weekend to kind of kick off summer. And um, this was the furthest we've traveled in a while. We didn't fly. We decided to drive um, because it's like right on the line where, where you can, you know, still get away with just driving there. 
It's like five um, hours or so. So, yeah, five is what it's supposed to take. You know, for some reason, I just didn't at all factor in that this is Memorial Day weekend and, and it's, you know, a weekend when everyone travels. And so what was supposed to be a five-hour drive, which we all, you know, we of course we imagined would take longer because of stops, but like even not including the stops, I would estimate it took us seven hours to get there. Wow. Um, so, you know, and plus add the stops and it meant that it was just this all-day affair which, you know, we didn't have plans that day. It's not like we were planning to go to the park that day or whatever. But it was certainly a journey there because, you know, we, we started off pretty good without traffic. And then we just we hit every single rush hour as it happened in each city, even though we didn't change time zones. I don't know what this doesn't make any sense, but we somehow <laughs> hit, you know, the rush hour with uh, New York and New Jersey and Connecticut. Like everyone's rush hour just piled yeah. on, you know, and so it just took longer and longer. Well, but, part of the reason for that is is because of where people are coming from and going to, because you hit it when everybody was coming home from New York City. So you were there were people who were coming home to Connecticut. So you were stuck in that, right? That makes then, total although sense. Although I guess that's the other direction. I don't so, yeah, fucking I don't know. know, man. Yeah, I don't know. We it's just hit a lot of traffic. Different, different time zone, we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, <laughs> Agree and, you know, to disagree. So, yeah, exactly. So, so we, a couple things. One is that, um, you know, we hadn't done a long trip and this would be the longest we've done since last time we did Sesame, which would have been, again, Luke was an you know infant and Grace was like a couple years old. So they were kind of sleeping and not really, mm-hmm. you know, fully uh, aware of anything because that's the age they were in. So that was interesting, right? For this to be the first experiment, the first like three hours um, were pretty good, but you know, they're starting to get definitely a lot of the, when are we there kind of thing. And and so it wasn't until we stopped um, at your recommendation in New Haven, Connecticut for food. Ah, you did? Um, Good to go to Worcester Street? Which was nice. Um, I don't even know what fucking street we went to. Was but it pizza? It, it was a Moroccan restaurant that we ended up going to. Oh, not, I, think I've, I think I've been to There's actually multiple Moroccan restaurants in New Haven. Well, it was, was good. It, we enjoyed it. Was it Kebab? King Kebab? No. No? <laughs> okay. Well, this was the show, so thank you, garden. King Kebab. Thank you, did King Kebab. Really? Very nice. Yeah, it was nice. So, so we did that. And then that was like a great recharge fuel up, you know, we were all in good spirits. And then there was this thing where I tell you, especially on long drives, using a GPS is such a double edged sword because there's something about knowing how long it's going to take you and constantly thinking I can beat that, you know, like there's the psychological aspect of knowing the ETA can be crushing. And here's what happened. We, when we got to the restaurant, our ETA for the rest of the trip was something like two and a half hours left. Very manageable, right? Like this was a good point to stop. Nice midpoint, yep. Exactly. As soon as we finished eating, we checked again leisurely thinking, oh, maybe we'll get some ice cream first or whatever. And it had jumped up to like three hours. And we're like, oh. So, you know, that it's a half hour, whatever. But we decided let's skip the ice cream and just get back on the road because it's probably going to keep getting worse. And as I was driving, I just kept watching the ETA go up, you know, so... As you drive, you obviously expect it to go to go down, and the the amount of time to, that it took us to get there just kept going up, and it was fucking. It was so psychologically, it was just like torture. That's you know, horrible. It just kept getting the closer redder. you get, like the closer you get, the the time doesn't change of your arrival. Right. You know, like and it's, exactly. Yeah. And we hadn't actually hit any traffic, so it was this weird thing of like, 
I'm expecting to hit some bad shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Because right. the because it's still going up, even though I'm you know able to travel at Flooring seventy. Or, exactly. <laughs> I'm like going as fast as I can to try to fucking miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> so that was not fun, and we did eventually hit all of that traffic, as I just said, and it took a lot longer than expected. But I have to say, the kids really impressed me. Um, we actually we we uh, settled on an ebook. We started uh, Secret Garden, which we hadn't. Uh, I don't know if I've ever read it, but we thought that could be a fun way to pass the time. And it actually was pretty engaging for the kids. And, and wow. we, we enjoyed it as well. I actually still need to know what happens. Um, and the kids don't want to listen. So now I'm going to have to like read it myself. Um, great book. But that was great. So, you know, anyway, this could be a whole fucking episode. We've already taken up so much of the episode. So I'll just sort of uh, shortcut this to say that. It worked out fine. It did involve an unexpected puking by Grace, which was ah. a little weird because we always we always expect her to throw up on long trips. So the bucket's ready. She's ready. She's a fucking pro. But she was like chewing gum and all of a sudden I didn't hear any noise whatsoever. <laughs> and all of a sudden Bethany's like, Grace just threw up. Grace did not expect it at all. Like usually, you know, it, you kind of you feel it coming, right? There's it at least just, a Exactly. Yeah. It was, this was just a surprise stealth puke. So that was just all over her, and we had to stop and, and fucking deal oh, with that Oh, she shit. didn't have the bucket. She didn't make it. Yeah. No, I mean, it, she didn't expect it at all. So that it just wow. all over her. The whole Moroccan meal was over her. So, oh. that, <laughs> so that was part of it, too. But we got there, and it was fine. You know, I think with old age, I'm getting grumpier about theme parks, I have to say. Um, there's just something about that experience that's doing less and less for me uh, in terms of, like, just being the overstimulation of it all and the, you know, crap food and the lines and everything about it is just uh i'm not about it so i don't know when we'll do that again but the kids had a blast um and you know it was great cousin time and all that and and we thankfully took a recovery day ourselves before going back to work so that helped ease us how was the drive how's the drive home it was less bad definitely we hit some of the traffic but you know our expectations were already in a different place coming back so that helped right so much of life is like (laughs) maybe just lower your expectations and uh yeah i think that's honestly the key especially with road trips but also with amusement parks you know when we went to disney and universal last year yeah i can imagine was speaking a lot about that it was it was crazy and it was incredibly hot like it was dangerously hot and uh and it was it was just like a legitimately difficult theme park experience with the kids and I like bet. parents came and they were both like overheating and i was like man i remember like you stressful. telling that story yeah yeah uh so we went to an amusement park called lake compounds which i adore in connecticut uh this was two weeks ago okay and my expectation because the first one we've been to since like the you know craziness that was last summer and uh so i was kind of expecting it to be difficult and it and it wasn't and i had like a great time because of that That's it, every, awesome. it was like a little bit less hectic you know, we didn't have to wait as long to get on rides. It was a little bit cooler. Um, the food still was terrible. And I still looked at our you know, credit card statement. and was like, what the hell happened <laughs> at this place? You know, because as, as you're there, you're not really tracking like oh, how many fucking completely. souvenirs you get, you know, mm-hmm. and like how many strollers you rent. Um, but, you know, it was it was definitely I think a lot of it is about context and, and how you, you know, your mind frame going into it that's true and i i think that segues kind of nicely <laughs> into what today did you pull is this off about. wow what a segue and maybe i did maybe Go i didn't we'll find out if i didn't the house will punish me Just for it um, so you know I, this the reason we're talking today about like activities and what kids are signing up for 
and how to you know scout the schedules get balanced, etc. It's because I've been having a lot of conversations with other parents late, lately that are making me question my own parenting ability pretty significantly. Mm. One of which mm. I think I hinted at already was with summer camp. You know, all of these parents were sending us their summer camp itineraries like four months ago so that our kids could it's join intense, them. It's intense, man. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, Jude did camp last year. Like, we'll, 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 we'll make it work. We'll like kind of bide our time because we have this Europe trip and we want to make sure that we like get. And then two months ago, we went to go book summer camp and like there was just nothing at wow. all. And we were like, two months oh, ago. My, two months ago. Yeah. We're talking like in March. April. Yeah. yeah, April. Wow. Uh, so that was already not going to happen. And I was feeling like complete shit because we had told the kids like, oh, sure, we'll do camp again this year. And like now we're, we're on waiting lists for it. And it's like incredibly expensive. So and stressful, you know, I was, right? Because I mean, yes, very stressful. How are you going to work? <laughs> yeah, right. And luckily we, we so Micah's schedule now like rotates every week. OK, so she so she has like weekdays off sometimes which is okay. good because she can do that it then. and then my parents will help and i'll take i'm planning on taking a lot of days you know just using a lot of my vacation time for sure me too but it's uh you know it, it's not what i was anticipating but specifically a conversation that i had with a very good friend of mine who's an amazing mom and i'm not going to name her but she d- does not need to be judged for this because it was very much driven by her kid but her her don't you daughter, dare judge her <laughs> the house will kill me the her daughter you know really likes to do a lot of activities and I was like, well, you know, Jude's, he's got his travel soccer tryouts, you know, he's really been enjoying that. And she was like, well, you know, my daughter has her travel tryouts as well, but she's going to have a hard time making it because it conflicts with gymnastics and dance, but her softball season is starting to wind down. So that opens up. And I was like, how many activities are other people's kids doing? And then yeah. I got this weird little moment where I was like, Am I not doing a good job? So anyway, this this is like a, a I'm bringing this up because I think a lot of our kids are signing up for things right now. And what's your experience, you know, mm. been with that? Like, wh- wh- how do you find that sweet spot? Well, I wouldn't say that I have found it, but it has been interesting, you know, as Grace gets older in particular. I mean, Luke still has been in that age where he's at daycare and that takes up his days, you know, even in the summer. Um, and, it, and this summer he'll transition to a preschool, which is like all year. And so, you know, that is is accounted for um but i do remember even even with like toddlers there is the like swimming lessons and gymnastics and things that come up um that you know we we aside from swimming which we thought that would be a good one just to like get them more familiar with it so that when they are more at an age where they're you know swimming they'll just be more comfortable that was the those are the swimming lessons where they just straight up drowned your children, right? They and then they let them, them come up for air. Right. They just let them and then, sink. And we have and to be and we out. can't even be in the in the room with You're them, not allowed in the room, which is, right? Yeah. I'm always suspicious of. But uh <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so there was that. But then yeah, with Grace now, definitely I'm feeling it more. And of course with summers, because last summer I don't even how the hell did we deal with last Oh yeah, last summer we actually benefited from our daycare provider allowing Grace to come back. Um, so that she could just have, which was just an awesome thing, right? For Grace, she loved it. She was still with her, one of her friends from daycare there. And so it just worked out. So we haven't had to do this until this upcoming summer. And mm. it's the first time where we have had to like really think about it ahead. And, and I had some good conversations with other parents. But I'll tell you, you know, with Grace, it's interesting because she, first of all, sports are just an immediate, like there's no sport right now that she's into. And she's very much like PE is, she hates 
PE of all the things at school. That's the one that she just like dreads. I think she's gotten a little bit more comfortable. And I think there's something going on with the gym teacher not actually explaining how to do things. So, so a lot of the kids are just like, you know, I don't know, man. Whereas boys, you know, boys will just fucking run around generally. I know I'm, I'm sort of um, generalizing here, but oftentimes it's definitely the case for us. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Grace, I think often feels like she doesn't know how to do stuff and that worries her. So anyway, sports have not been a thing and so that kind of rules out a lot automatically um and so when we were thinking about the options there are so many that from our perspective we want them to have outdoor time that's important because it's summer and that's like where you're supposed to be um but that kind of like ruled out a lot of the more sport oriented camps for us um so we we landed on art uh art camp in, in particular and our approach rather than trying to like piece this together which i know is another common approach where we're like you know for her the stability of having just one camp that fills in for us, which I think is a total of maybe five weeks that we chose throughout the summer. And then we have That's vacation. That's a long camp. It's not all at once. It's actually a few different time periods. So she does week increments, right? And mm. it fills in where we need it because we'll take some vacations. My mom will help in some areas, you know, so... I think it was five total weeks that we booked for this, which is significant, right? I mean, it's costly and it's like a definite, you know, it wasn't like a cheap camp because it has actual artists that work with her. And like, you know, I know she'll absolutely love it because she's obsessed with art. But for us, it was like, you know, I don't want to be piecing together all these options. That's not really going to work for her. So I feel like there's a component of this where you know your child and what they're comfortable with and you try to sort of, sync it up with that but for me it's just a practicality like we have to do camp because we're both working and like we'll take a bunch of time off but there's still going to be some time unaccounted for what else can you do you know right and that practicality thing is definitely a limiting factor for us and it's something that i've been thinking about more like to if you and i have this experience that's a little bit different from you know other parents who might have kids who are slightly older than ours in that our kids really came into the age of doing activities during the pandemic. So it didn't look the way that it did, mm, you know, true. like when I was a kid and I would just, you know, daisy chain all these sports together all the time. Um, you know, a lot of things didn't really start happening again until like this last academic year. Right. And so, uh, but I'm noticing though, I feel like COVID existing and all of the remote work shift and everything has, it must have been formed some of the scheduling dictates that these things have because like for example so jude does soccer three times a week right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he has practice on tuesdays and thursdays from 5 p.m to 6 15 p.m and then he has a game on saturday morning the the practices start it's such that like i have to leave work early technically to get him there right, right. if i'm the one Five taking them to practice yeah. that day yeah. yeah so it means that i have to stop work at like 4 45 which is usually completely fine you know like people are pretty understanding about not putting meetings in but it means that like I'm technically having to like not finish my work day to get him there on time. Um, and Micah, you know, she gets home, usually gets home in time to to do it so that I don't have to, you know, leave work early. Yeah. But like if she did work straight up until 5 p.m., which she might depending on what shifts she gets, like neither of us would be able to both work and take our kid to soccer practice. And I'm finding that a limiting factor that I keep coming up against is like the reality of like scheduling stuff it's it's you know like he because jude wants to do baseball and uh, and soccer and basketball wow and now he wants to do football too which is a whole separate conversation well yeah and i'm like how, how can the, how can you possibly do all of those things but also 
you know, maintain like a professional life and other things at home. That's tough, you know? man, because I mean, I appreciate, you know, that being very different from what I just described in that you, you have a kid who wants to do those things and that's great, right? Like you want to see them do recreational activities and um, have that opportunity. It's good for them. It's good for you, you know? Um, but also, I mean, there are realistic constraints that are fine and probably good, right? Like just because they want to do all those things doesn't mean that they should, does it? Right. That's a, that, that's the thing. And so I, I guess, you know, I was looking up what people have to say online about this because I, I clearly have no idea. And people and, online obviously have all the ideas. <laughs> people, that's where all, all the experts live there. Let's just be clear. Everybody knows <laughs> yeah, what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's this article that summed up, uh, things to consider when you're dealing with this, right? So the first is cost because yeah. these activities all cost money, which is something that I have to be honest, did not know about when I was a kid. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah, I want to do this and this and this. That. Right. Yeah. And my parents would be like, okay, okay. But in the background, they were like having to budget for it. You know, and now as an adult, I mean, you talk about daycare and preschool, like holy shit, that was a second mortgage to pay for that. Right. And I we had this like little respite from it where, you know, Henry went to kindergarten and we weren't paying that anymore. And I was like, oh, we got like all this money. Oh, we don't have that money anymore because now it's going to this stuff. Right. Totally. All of these things cost and then, a lot. I didn't mention, but after school is a huge element too, right? With Grace. Yeah. So it that cost never really stopped for us after daycare because the after school programs are significant too. She does all day after school until five. Yeah, right. And and we were talking with our friends Devin and Abby who live, you know, up in your neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh they were they swung by last week cuz they were doing basically the same drive that you were doing. They stopped at our house halfway. They were through. smart enough to stop at your house on the way. They were yeah, instead of the Moroccan restaurant. Yeah. And uh they were mentioning the same thing about how like the, you know, the the cost that they had been saving from not having to worry about daycare and preschool was now getting eaten up by this aftercare and they could not believe that and so for our school system our kids work basic work. They go to school basically during the work day. So their day starts at nine and it ends at four. They get home. School, so like, like proper school. Yeah, does. like proper school. Um, I, I think the day's <laughs> over at like three twenty-five or something, but the bus ride home gets them you there. You just at take four. a half hour to get them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's a bus. So like, so That's they, right. just, I forgot they about get that. dropped off and picked up. That adds even so more. That's awesome. It's, it's really been, we've been really lucky with that. Which is confusing me even because I'm still like, then why are we still like struggling to pay for all these activities that they want to do? Because we're not paying for that anymore. But yeah, um, that being said, yeah, cost is like definitely a major thing. And it's something that, you know, when Jude goes to his next school, you know, after fourth grade, he goes to this sort of like intermediate school. He's going to be getting home earlier again, and it's going to be a whole nother thing. So cost is one of the main vectors, right? Yep, but the yep. other one is time. And time is something that Just we've talked big, about. Right. In, you know, infinitely on this show. That's like one of the main things we talk about. Indeed. But it's like not only time management in terms of getting kids where they need to be, but it's also uh, like the 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 idea that like time is finite. So if you end up like spending all of it doing this stuff and getting there and getting home and carpooling and arranging all this stuff, then like how much time or what, what does your time actually look like, you know? Yeah, yeah. That 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 is the biggest thing for me. In other words, I mean, cost is like the obvious one, right? You shouldn't do more than you can. I'm not saying that's an easy one, but it's like more straightforward. You know, like you have real limits there that you have to work with. Time is the one that I feel is wor really worthy of exploring deeply in terms of where you set the boundary because you have more control over that. And 
I can see how even with other families or even like our neighbors who I've seen raise kids who are now, you know, uh, in high school. I mean, they're just like, and they always tell me they're always like shuttling kids to some activities. And I just, I don't know. I have to believe that that, <laughs> that can't be good to do it all the time for, for the parents, for the kids. I mean, I don't know. Like, is it, are we just like beyond a world where there is like a lot of unstructured time still for kids? Has that ship sailed? Uh, I would argue no. And that's actually the next <laughs> the next thing on the list, which is the importance of unstructured playtime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so I do agree that I think we live in a world that really doesn't value that at all. And that part of what makes childhood so special is that it's kind of defined by that. Right. Like the things that I remember from growing up aren't really being shuttled everywhere and doing all these things. It's more like the slow moments that I spent with friends or, you know, sitting alone in my room reading a science fiction book and then drawing, you know. Like, to me, those are the those are like what make childhood what it is. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting, and, and again, I'm not like trying to say we should not be doing all these activities because I think that there's a lot of value to it. But we are treating our kids more like grown-ups in that sense right because our days look like that especially when we were working in the office you know we're running around all the time doing stuff which isn't good for us either right i mean that's a whole other aspect of this like that is bad behavior as well (laughs) exactly right but it also it you know it informs like the capitalist system that we feed into exactly and it informs the expectations that we have of each other and ourselves and then we like map that onto our kids that our kids are also expected to have a booked schedule that's right right. Mm mm-hmm so I guess part of me feels like we should be working on like unbooking our kids a little bit, even if that means booking that time, but like blocking some nights that are really like unstructured. You know what I mean? What, what do you think about that? I completely agree. I mean, my immediate reaction to the idea of, you know, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes if, if Grace wanted to do multiple activities like that is my immediate reaction is just to limit it to one because I feel like. Any more than that, I mean, even with one, like you said, with soccer, right? That's three days of your week that are that have commitments. That's a lot, right? For every single week. I mean, maybe there are exceptions or whatever, but even that already takes up a lot. So the idea of layering more on top is just, I mean, I don't even, I, I don't think I could support that um, with my kids because I think there is certainly the selfish part of it of, you know, not wanting to have so much of my time (laughs) dominated by that. But I mean, it really is more about um, wanting there to be just less structure so that kids aren't already entering that world of feeling like you have to, you, you have to control and fill time, right? That's the thing that I think we've got to move away from. Which is similar to what we talked about with the 4,000, Yes. Sundays or whatever. 4,000 4, weeks. What? Yeah. 4,000 weeks. Yeah. 4,000 uh, Sundays is like the Catholic version <laughs> of that or something. You know? <laughs> right. Um, like that, that's, that's one of the central theses of that book, right? Is that like, we have that's to right. back away from this culture where time dictates all of these decisions that we make. Right. Right. Or that time is to be filled or controlled. Right. That's, that's the I mean, thing right? that we fit that, that just sets us up for failure because it's this immediate, uh, instrumentaliz- instrumentalization of time, um, which I, yeah, I've really been trying to fight against more in my own life. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the last vector for decision making on this is interest, right? So like, yeah, our, our, which is an interesting thing to consider because kids, like I know I didn't know what I was into until I kind of stumbled into it because when I started singing professionally when I was a kid, 
I was also playing both lacrosse and hockey and doing Cub Scouts at the time. Wow. That makes total sense that you'd be doing all those things. Yeah, because I was full ass as a child, right? Exactly, exactly. But I, you know, I I hated hockey. Like I stopped that after one, I think one practice. And that was that was contemporaneous with like the lead up to me singing. Lacrosse, I stopped because I broke my leg skiing. And uh, and Cub Scouts, I stopped to sing. That's the thing. Mm. And I, I just had an email from my old choir director saying that they're accepting, you know, uh, auditions for the boys choir that I sang. Oh, in. wow. And and I was like, you know, do I even like bring this up with the kid? Because that was like 12 hours of a commitment per week for me from the ages of Damn. 8 to 13. It was like that really defined my childhood. But you were you were fully uh, like on board. You wanted to do that, right? It wasn't. I did. And then as soon as I started doing it, I was like, oh, my God, what am I, you know, because you're getting a paycheck and it's like a you talk about treating kids like adults, like, you know, yeah. we were treated really like grownups. Wow. Um, so, you know, if, if I, Jude and Henry have both expressed interest in, in singing, mm, but if I were to great. sign them up for that, it would mean that they, you know, if they got in that they wouldn't be able to do like anything it else. It automatically rules it out. Wow. Yeah, that's a big deal. You know? Yeah. So how do you help gauge interest in something before before committing to it that wholly? You know, that's the thing. Yeah. I wonder, like, what would it look like? I know it's probably not set up this way because you're kind of having to commit to a whole season of a sport or whatever. But it's almost like, you know, while they're young, I feel like exposing them to lots of things is great. I mean, I, I still think you can't do it all at once. But, like, ideally, just in the same way that you described, you, you tried many things and then you sort of honed in on singing. Um, you know, could it look like that where each season they are able to try a different sport or whatever and kind of get a sense for it. But I mean, I I feel for you because you know, that challenge of figuring out where their interest is and also like where you want to help motivate them. Right. Because there might be something that you see there, like in terms of their personality or what they're actually good at. Right. Like you might actually start to see that they're, they, they want to do this, but they're not good at it Mm -hmm. um, or vice versa. And so it's tough. There's no right answer, obviously. I mean, just working through that and like, how do you think a conversation would go with them, particularly with Jude, who might have more self-awareness around this kind of thing? You know, what do you think that would look like to have the conversation where he would have to actually choose, you know, one or two of those things? I I, I like what you were getting at, which is maybe the idea is to try things out first on like a limited basis. Yeah. You know, and see what you really gravitate towards. And before I auditioned for the boys choir, I had sung in like the local church choir for like two months. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was what, you know, like the director was like, oh, he should do like a. I just imagine you took everyone's breath away. I mean, I did. People cried. Yeah. Yeah, It was just incredible. Applauding. Yeah. Yeah. Women got pregnant. It was nuts. (laughs) (laughs) There's a stigmata happening. Um, It was very frightening. No, like that. But that that for me was that was how I found I found that was was by trying things, trying things out. So maybe that's a good way to approach it is to like encourage kids to be, you know, even if you like really liked soccer a lot, maybe like let's not do soccer next and try basketball out instead because you're still young enough that you don't really need to be specializing in stuff, you know. Yeah. And see how that goes. How do you think it would go over with Jude? I think he would push back on it because the, the other issue with this is that they make friends on these teams, right? Oh, yeah. So a lot of his the peer friends, part of this must be huge. That's a whole other consideration, right? Mm-hmm. Plus, like, you get to know the other parents and it becomes you become part of this little micro fabric of, you know, slight interdependency, right? Yes, yes, yes. To throw yes. a lot of syllables in a sentence together. <laughs> um, and so there's, there's that, you know, then you have to, like, break away from it and kind of start from scratch again. And then the kids have to, like, get to know each other again and they might not have any friends in that activity area. 
So there's a, it's fraught, you know, there's a lot to consider, oh, but so true for sure. You know, the other element to it, I know I sort of um, skipped over the cost part pretty quickly. Cause again, I feel like it's a pretty clear cut. You can do what you can do, but there's an element to that one too, actually, maybe that's worth considering around, you know, just because you can do a certain amount, right. Um, should you, because I often feel this way with my kids too, where I know they have access to a lot more um, because I make more money than my parents did. You know, like I, I'm in a different place than my parents were raising me. And so there's a part of me that wants to be able to give them more. I will say I definitely don't get them as many toys or that kind of stuff as my parents got me. <laughs> Very much like, you know, against that, um, the stuff, right, which we've talked about. But there are other areas where I'm like, man, it must be nice to just be able to go on a vacation like this so easily. Whereas when I was growing up, that wasn't a thing, you know, like I don't want to overdo that either because I want them to appreciate this stuff. And so similarly, you know, with activities or any kind of experiential thing, is there is there an element to it where you, you want to keep them in check so it's not just this expectation like, oh yeah, I can do whatever I want. You know, maybe it's less important when it comes to things like what we're talking about that are actually good for them as opposed to, you know, toys and vacations and fun activities and stuff. I'm not saying those aren't good for them, but like that's where it's clear to me that, you know, we should not spoil, I guess is the simplest way of saying it, our children. I don't know. Does that come into play at all in, for activities? Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a sweet spot there again that yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to find because I, I grew up with yeah. the opposite problem where I, I grew up in a, in a household that had money right? and I, I didn't know that anything cost anything until I like was a, you know going to college basically. Right, right. But anytime there was the opportunity to do something, my parents were like, okay, that's fine. You can do it, you know. Yeah. Um, and that included like many trips. Of, like I traveled abroad multiple times in that's high school. Amazing. And, you know, as a middle school student, even I went to France when I was like in seventh grade. You went to the moon, but, which was to the wild. Moon. The first high school trip to the moon. Yeah. It was incredible. Just an amazing, an amazing time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, these things that like really like Italy trips, we did uh, Australia, you know, like these like incredibly expensive things that like yeah. I know that at the rate that I'm going now, like we cannot <laughs> afford those things for our kids. Right. Um, without going into, you know, crippling debt. Uh, although who knows what the future holds, but, you well, know, but, but that's as okay. Point, right. That's not a bad thing, I guess. It's is not what a bad I was thing. Trying to get at. And, and all of those, those moments of plenty, right. Those moments where like I was able to do something without having to think twice about it. I, most of them was sort of like not checked out of, but I don't think I understood the sacrifice that my parents went through. Yeah. Truly you didn't to appreciate it. Me, right. Yeah. yeah and so yeah. I'd be there like on the Champs Elysees being like, <laughs> uh, I'm kind of bored, you know? Right. Eating caviar, like, eating caviar, wondering like why, uh, you know, like how many cars I'm going to get to drive home, you know, just, <laughs> oh man. so, so there's definitely a sweet spot where you, you have to like take stock of what you have and what you can re actually afford and then make that decision like, you know, like what's the right amount to make sure it still feels valuable yes. and to make sure that like my time still feels like it's worth something, mm -hmm. but not so much that it becomes, you know, anything goes. So yeah, like everything, it's a sweet spot, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I look forward to hearing where you end up there and how those conversations go. And like, like everything else, you know, <laughs> the reason we say we're just winging it is because there isn't a right answer. And so it's about working through like what works best. And, and, and there's even an aspect where I imagine that's at play here where you have to wonder if I, if I had gotten them into this thing or helped them do that, maybe they would have loved it. Like, so there's an aspect of um, almost loss, right? Because if you do have to choose, that means there are some things that they're just not going to do. 
you know maybe they would have been in this amazing singer in some other life but they're not gonna and like mm -hmm. letting go of that is probably part of it um and another balancing act here right we're still doing piano lessons with grace as an example and she doesn't want to necessarily keep doing it but we're gonna have her keep doing it for a little while at least but you know we're all just doing our best as parents and like the fact that we're even having this kind of conversation and thinking through it and not just operating on autopilot feeling the peer pressure of other parents feels like we're at least you know better than them <laughs> a little superior uh, I, I agree and and i look forward to uh hearing how your summer continues to go i'm, I'm looking forward to camping wish me luck i hope i see you again yeah we'll uh, fend off the bears thank you all right friend. thank you all right take care Bye. everybody